0: It's the glorious 12th and the final weekend of the UCI World Championships. Join me to talk about the hares and the hounds of the road on the Saturday supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast powered by vivelovello.cc. Everybody, I'm Gary and this is the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast. It is Day 10, can you believe that, of the UCI World Championships, a combined festival of cycling um, taking place um, around Glasgow here in sunny, that's <laughs> not sunny at all, um, here in Scotland, um, with races taking pl- uh, place across uh, the Central Belt and the Borders, the West of Scotland, Dumfries and Galloway, Stirlingshire. Um, And it's just been incredible. It's been a a, a format that really has just focused all the cycling and all the disciplines um, in one place. Um, And for something that's hopefully going to happen every four years, um, I have been rather taken by it. Uh, Obviously, the focus um, here, the the Cycling Legends podcast is, uh, is mainly on the road and we'll talk about that. Um, as we go on but there's been some incredible action on the track um Paralympic uh, par- par- paracycling um the law is just bringing it all together has, it's just really been um a fantastic spectacle, um, and and it's not quite over yet. Um, it's Saturday. We've got cross country mountain biking, um, and tomorrow Sunday uh, we've got the the women's road race um, around um, a very technical circuit, as we'll talk about in a second, um, in the city centre of Glasgow. Um, but yeah, let's let's pause for a second and, and let's take a look back um, over the last week's racing. So Sunday saw the the big one the uh, the men's elite road race um, which was touted as it is, and it was it was going to be the battle between Matthew van der Poel, um, Wout van Aert, um, Tadej Pogačar um, and a, a sorted uh, support act as well. Um a 271 hundred seventy-one-kilometer circuit starting in Edinburgh um, and winding its way across the River Forth um, along the five coast. And then back into the uh, through Stirlingshire and um, the north side of Glasgow, and um, before uh, completing ten laps of a fourteen-kilometre circuit around the city centre uh, in Glasgow itself. Um, the race got off um, to, a, to a glorious and a dry and a sunny start in Edinburgh um, and was everything was going well for the first 79 kilometers or so um, until the race was halted um, after about 80k in the Carran Valley area very scenic. Um, anti-oil protesters um, a group called It's all rigged uh, had um, secured themselves to the road surface um by means of cement and other adhesives we think. Um, and the the race was delayed for the best part of an hour. Um which I thought would have to would've taken the sting out of things. But actually when the racing started again um, it pretty much kicked off um, and and that set the, the scene almost for the for the rest of the race. Um, there was a group of seven riders who had gotten away, um, including the likes of um, Owen Dool, UK, um, Kevin the USA, um, and so on. Um, and they led uh, the the race into into Glasgow, um, but chased by a, you know a fast closing. Um, group two, which was you know a, a group of international bright young things, wasn't it? Ma- uh, Pagaccia, Matthew Van Der Poel, Van Aert, Pedersen, Nielsen, Paulus um, was leading the chase group uh, as it came into Glasgow, um, and the whole race came together um, on the circuit with about sixty nine kilometers to go. Um, Alberto Bettiol was one of the first, probably the the, the, the only break before the action really kicked off that looked like it had a chance of, of sticking. He escaped with about fifty five um, kilometers to go on the circuit, um, and had a, at most a gap of about forty seconds. Um, Matthew Vanderpool then attacked from the chasing group. Um, to catch Betty all, um, and then pass them with about 20 kilometres left, which was really the penulti- penultimate lap, um, and he just never looked like coming back um, until five kilometres later. He actually had a crash, um, sliding out on a right-hand bend. Um, most of the turns on the circuit, if you haven't seen it, were you know 90 degrees um, or thereabouts, um, and as some some rain showers came in, um, you kind of watched the the turns with your heart and your mouth, um, but what the circuit did was it basically just it continually thinned um, groups out, and it, even it, after the the race arrived in Glasgow, it was suddenly split up, um, and every corner seemed to shed somebody from a chasing group, um, so there were bunches of riders all over the road. Um, Van der Poel's crash, um, which saw him uh, damage his shoe um, which he got up fixed, well, he fixed by basically tearing off the bow, uh fastening and go for it. Um, he had about thirty-seven seconds at that point, um, and over the next uh you know, lap and a half increased his lead um to you know one thirty seven um over the the Chasers. Um so Matthew Van der Poel crossing the line first in Glasgow for the Netherlands um and finally you know, and getting the the rainbow jersey that you know, he's almost been destined to to wear, hasn't he? Um, Wout van Aert um, sh- shook off Tadej Pogacar, um to to finish second, a minute and 37 back, as I said. Pogacar came in um, another eight or so seconds behind uh, Wout van Aert, uh, out sprinting Denmark's Mad Pedersen um, for the line. Um, it really was one of those situations where you had four riders who you really like, um, going for three medals um, so I, I rather felt for Mads um, to lose out um, to pagacher on the line and um, Pogacar himself had just said it, it wasn't his day he looked knackered um, it was almost like that stage um, in the Tour de France where he was he was just broken he just looked really really tired and he's um, you know we we love watching him and I think we put a great deal of expectation on him to be entertaining and to be flamboyant as a rider and not to ride to formula um, but that clearly does take um, take it out of a rider and he's had a busy spring um, a, a busy start to the season we're, we're in August now and we're still talking about the spring, um, he's had a busy season um, and has put some fantastic results um, and I think he's disappointed with Silver, um but um no less uh, you know, a, a, a good reward for um a season's work so far um the course um was a, was a talking point um, not so much the the run in but certainly the uh, the number of of turns in the in such a short circuit and therefore the number of the number of, uh, the number of uh, turns in total 10 times you know something like 20 turns or something like that including um the fearsome Montrose street climb um, which was uh, the you know, Glasgow's Mur de Huy, uh, if you like. Um, and it's, you know, it was great to watch and it was, from a spectator's perspective, it was brilliant um, and I'm going in tomorrow to see the women's race and I, I really can't wait. Um, but having been on that circuit during uh, UK Nationals um, a few years ago, the year Mark Cavendish won, that was 2011, no it wasn't, it was 2013, was it? Wow, was it that long ago? Um it's just, it's a great, it's like this amphitheatre um, for cycling. And yet, uh, it wasn't necessarily popular, at least on paper with some of the riders, and the French and the Belgian teams in particular were talking about it. Um But the circuit did serve a purpose, as I said, It's every turn seemed to thin out the group. Um, and as we were saying on the, our sister show, the, the Feed Zone, last week, um, that it's not a course that you would get away with having a Tour de France finale. Um, but by the same token there was never going to be a large amount of riders going to the finish line in the circuit um, and it really worked um, and yeah, Chris Boardman on the BBC coverage said that the circuit is like chocolate um, it's brilliant, you really enjoy it, but you wouldn't want it too often um, and I think he's right, it was it was very much an atypical uh, world championship circuit um, but it was great um, fantastic to watch. The atmosphere in Glasgow just looked incredible on the TV. Um, and we'll talk about the women's race um, later on, uh, on in this show, um, but I really hope uh, Glasgow and, and other fans come out um, and make it um, that kind of cauldron of noise and enthusiasm and just a, a celebration of cycling because it was magic. Um I guess if you're Wout Van Art, it probably wasn't that magic and once again he uh he came second best to his nemesis. Um and on the uh, on the feed zone next week we're gonna be discussing in a new segment um called Let the Road Decide um whether Wout Van Art should give up and trying to beat Matthew van der Poel and perhaps concentrate on other things. Um yeah, that's not gonna be controversial. So, following the road race, the men's road race, we had the two, uh, the men and the women's elite individual time trial uh, taking place uh, Thursday and Friday, um, for, uh, circuits, um, or rather routes, um, around Stirling and finishing on um, the Stirling Castle Esplanade, a fairly fearsome looking cobbled climb. Um, and it became the talking point for a uh, uh, for, for a lot of riders as they as they came in. Um the women's race on Thursday was won perhaps unsurprisingly by the USA's Chloe Dygart, um Canyon Sram Rider and also the new individual pursuit world champion. We'll talk about roadies on the boards in a minute. Um, she just put in an incredible performance um, and never looked it never looked like anybody was going to go close. However, um Australia's Grace Brown um agonizingly close, six seconds adrift um, of Chloe's time, um, her second silver medal on the bounce um, having taken um, second to Ellen Van Dijk last year in Wollongong um, the best of the rest were over a minute back um, on bronze medal position, Christina Schweinberger Austria, a minute and 13 UK Anna, uh, uh, Team GB sorry, not the UK, Team GB, Anna Henderson a minute and fifty back, Francis Juliette um finished 5th in 123 um, it was just a, an incredible performance from Chloe Diger, um, three years after that crash at Imola, um, which looked you know, career-threatening, and she was well on her way to uh, another gold medal, uh, or a second gold medal then, following her, her win in Yorkshire in 2019. Um, so it's great to see a rider uh, coming back in such incredible form um and you know laying some of those those ghosts to rest um demi vollering when uh, doing her first ever world time trial uh finished um a minute and 28 and drift so not far off that that pace if you like um which is encouraging um a I, I word for it I, I feel kind of feel for um Anna Kiesenhofer, um, the Olympic champion, um, and um, just not having a great season. You know, she's riding with uh, Israel Premier Tech Roland, um, and she finished two fifty four back. And just said, you know, she, it's been a difficult season for her as she's transitioning into a, a, a you know a pro team um, and just trying to find her legs this year. Um, and hope she will uh, she will come back um, into some semblance of good form. later late on in the season or preparing for for next year um, other talking point Marlon Roycer um, Swiss national champion uh, SD Watch Rider she stepped off um, during the race she just just stopped um, and said that she just didn't have it on the day um, she subsequently said that she's felt like um, being in a, a, a downward spiral since the uh, the Tour de Suisse which she actually won um, but I think what it, it highlights is you know, that the the pressure that professional sports puts on right and not just not just women it happens in men's sport as well. Um, Royster has been incredible this season. Um, she has been. Um, those of you who watch, uh, whoever watched The West Wing, will you know the quote that she hasn't been the guy, but she has been the guy that the guy relies on. She has done an incredible shift supporting, um, the the team in one day races and stage races. Um, taking some wins herself, but in thirty eight days of racing, she's been in the top ten on more than twenty occasions. Um she is a superb performer. Um and it takes guts to say actually no I'm I'm struggling. Um and actually another S D works rider, um Lotta and favourite for tomorrow's women's race as well, um was speaking in an interview in Rollure in the latest issue and she she was asked, you know, do you celebrate um, your wins, how do you how do you how do you take it all in? Um, and she said that you 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 don't really have time to do that. You you win that's job done and you move on. Um, and Marlon Roycer was saying that after the race um, on Thursday um, that she just hadn't reflected. She won the Tour de Suisse and then focused immediately on the Tour de France. Fam, avec Zwift. Um, so there is very little time to actually enjoy or reflect on success. Um, and continually preparing for the next thing and trying to hit your next target and your next peak um, must be you know and clearly is as mentally exhausting um, as it is physically, um, and so we you know hats off to to Marlin for you know being bra- and you shouldn't have to be brave it's just how it is um, you know we, we 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 applauded Tadej Pogacar when he said he was fucked you know during the tour um, and this is where we're at. Um, so riders should be able to say that um and yeah fair one move on um you get fit get your head sorted um and come back strong um or come back and enjoy it i think maybe that's the the key issue um good news story under 23s uh, antonio Niedermeyer uh, of germany finishing 10th in the elite time trial to 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 win the under 23 um, jersey because there is no under twenty three time trial competition for women. Um, she had a horrible crash on on stage six of the the, uh, the Giro um, having won the, the the queen stage the day before, um, and it looked a real real bad one, took um, you know, facial injuries and so on. Um, so great to see her back and winning, and great to see um, her clearly. She said she's still recovering from that crash, um, but that's the way to do it, isn't it? In the men's race um, on Friday, um, it was Remco versus Filippo Ganna, wasn't it? Um, And it was Remco Evnopol of Belgium who who took the rainbow jersey, um, edging out by 12 seconds. That's not really edging out, is it? That's still quite a distance. Um, The beating world hour record holder, Filippo Ganna. Um, Italy by 12 seconds. Josh Tarling um, of Great Britain, 19 year old Josh Tarling, um, finished 48 seconds behind and taking the bronze medal. Um, and just, you know, here's a rider who's. We're going to be talking about Josh for a long time. We're going to be talking about Remco for a long time as well. Um, just a, a great and a, a, I think a landmark performance for Tarling. Um, but, you know, no less a landmark performance for Remco Evenipole. Um didn't have it on Sunday, and um, he certainly had it on Friday. Um, Brandon McNulty, uh, USA, was in fourth place, and Volt um finished fifth, um, one thirty-seven a drift. That's another one thirty-seven. He's finished behind. Um, shout to Rohan Dennis and um, his final Worlds Australian rider. Um, he had a mechanical. Um, within sight of the finish line um, on the turn just before the climb up to the um, up the Castle Esplanade um, and he could actually have bothered the podium on, on another day um, so absolutely felt for him um, in his last um, World Championships so uh, yeah, sorry Rohan of course it hasn't all been about the tarmac this week obviously mountain biking's going on um cross country today we've had you know a, a week of track program as well and yet uh, the track has been a uh, happy hunting ground for a, a number of uh, our usual suspects um who, who we talk about regularly on the, on the supplement and in the feed zone um we could call this this uh, this feature roadies on the boards um but yeah it's been um it's been it's it's always funny seeing the guys that you're talking and, and the women you're talking about uh, in a road context suddenly in, in the velodrome um, and the track program. Obviously, has been happening at the uh, Sir Chris Hoy Velodrome on um, the east end of Glasgow. Um, the men's individual pursuit uh, podium was uh, Team Ineos's F- Filippo Ganna, Um taking gold. Um, Dan Bigum um previous um world hour record holder before Ghana um Silver uh Barry and Victorious um is Jonathan Milan um took bronze um, I think Milan's off to in fact he isn't he's off to Lidl Trek next season. Um the men's scratch race um, St. Perrin we talk about St. Perrin quite a lot. Um Cornish uh, Continental team um Will Tidball uh, took the scratch race um in, in, in some style and get a great one there um in the elimination race quick step uh, or pseudo quick steps ethan, Ver, ethan 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 Vernon um uh, won that he's off to his real premier take we'll talk about transfers in a minute as well uh the Women's individual pursuit won by as we mentioned Chloe Dagart canyon SRAM racing um Ali Wollaston um who you'll know from AG insurance Sudal quickstep Step, uh, was second in the women's team pursuit for, for New Zealand um and Lota pickki Um, SD works, it'll be pretty rubbish on the road so far Um, taken first in the points race and the elimination race and a bronze medal in the Omnium Um, shout also to uh, Roadies in the Dirt, uh, Tom Pidcock winning the uh, bronze medal after a controversial passing move in the the final corner um, in the cross country short track race at Glentress so yeah, um, we've got a lot of riders who can we can pretty much do it all, haven't we? So before we preview the uh, the Elite Women's Road Race, uh, we're going to talk a little bit just about transfer news, which has been coming in um, since the, the, uh, the transfer window uh, opened on the 1st of August, where teams can announce um, their new signings for the year. Notable ones that I've mentioned already, Ethan Vernon. Um, leaves Sudol Quickstep to go to Israel Premier Tech. Um, Sudol Quickstep, have got a bit of an exodus um, on the go just now. Uh, Mauro Schmidt um, is leaving to go to Jiko Alula, and quite a big one, I thought, was Fabio Jakobsen um, leaves to go and join DSM Firminich. Um, that, that surprised me a little bit. Um, Jonathan Milan, who I mentioned earlier, um, and victorious, he's moving to Little Trek, as is, and the big news this week was Tailgig and Hart. Um, leaving Team Ineos uh, Grenadiers to go to to Lidl, um, and that's I, th- I think it's a, a sign that uh, TGH is is not going to be the the Grand Tour rider or the Grand Tour rider of choice at Ineos. um but it gives Lidl um, a, you know a, a, a new a new focus for Grand Tour perhaps um, does it or does it mean a shift in um, in ambitions for for tailgag I don't know. Um, a very interesting looking move indeed. Um, and the women's side, uh, um, on a little trek. Um, on a on a spending spree, a supermarket sweep. Um other lazy analogies um, are are available. Um, Cl- uh, Chiara Camponi um, from FTJ Suez leaves um, to join Little Trek for next season as well. So yeah, um, no doubt there will be many, many more as the, as the weeks continue and I will try and keep abreast of it here on the Saturday supplement. And so to the... Um, the the final race in the road program um, of this year's World Championships. It is the women's elite road race taking place on Sunday. Um, 154 kilometer r- route from Balak. In the north-northwest of Glasgow on the bonny-bonny banks of Loch Lomond, um, riding eastwards and then down through the Northern part of Glasgow, um, crossing the uh, the Crow Road climb uh, after about 33 kilometres, and um, before entering um, the city centre circuit. Um, six circuits of the 14-kilometre um, twisty, turny, technical, upy downy um, course that we saw last Sunday. Um, the forecast for tomorrow looks like a chance of showers, which is going to make things um, interesting. Um, I don't want to use entertaining because um, you know, those roads in the wet. Um, yeah, as I said earlier, the, the turns during the main race when it, well, it was drizzling, um, we may have got a lovely rainbow from end to end over the city when the camera panned out. Um, but your heart was really in your mouth watching some of those those turns, and the, the barriers kind of gave me the fear as well because it's your your usual roadblock, Glasgow City Council, etc. type barriers with the displayed feet and not those nice, you know, Tour de France fan type things um, with the uh, the advertising on it. So it's a bit sketchy in some of the corners, which is why some people were a bit uh, concerned about the course. However, um, this tomorrow is going to be, it's going to be Demi Vollering versus Loretta, uh, Loretta uh, Lota Capecchi. Isn't it? Um I, I think this could be a Stradabianke rematch where the gloves are off um for real. Um the Netherlands um have a an impressive looking team with Vollering, Lorena Wiebus, and van Vlouten in our final world championships. Uh Marina Voss, Renna Marcus, etc, etc, etc. Um Kopeke comes supported by Sana Kant, van, Julie van der Velde, Julie de Vilda, Justin Gekira. Um, and, and so on so there are a whole load of riders there that could be doing a big support role um, I don't think given the circuit that it will necessarily come to that um, I think it's going to start splintering the minute we hit Glasgow um, and it does and having said last week that Demi Vollering is probably my favourite for it, I could really see this being one if Capecchi, um just gets an early gap um, on the circuits um, because it's going to be incredibly difficult to shut anybody down, as we saw um, in the men's race on Sunday. Um, so Capecchi versus Vollering, um, it's, I think it's going to be a fascinating race. Um, equally, uh, could we see Annemiek van Vleuten uh, going for glory in her, her final champs? Um, again, it's a course that if, you know, if she went for the... Her trademark long one. I'm not necessarily suggesting that she goes on the crow road after 33 kilometers, um. But somebody who gets away coming into Glasgow, um, with six circuits rather than ten could conceivably, um, you know, go to the line. Um, and it's certainly I don't see there being, you know, there's not going to be a big group going to the line. Um, other names you could throw out there, um, Pfeiffer Georgie, um, Great Britain, um, that still look like. Uh, a, a good contender for a medal, if if not uh, victory overall. Um, Ashley Bowman Passio again, a, a rider who could form a break early on and escape. Um, so I think there are potentially any number of I don't want to say also runs um, alternative and, and less likely scenarios um, in Glasgow tomorrow. Um, but it's I think it is going to be a a vaulering head to head. Um, which means that, you know, the, the pattern on the SD works team boss later in the season could be absolutely magic. Um, but there does seem to be, um, you know, there seems to be a good vibe on that road team. Is there such a good vibe inside the Dutch national team? Um, uh, not, you know, not normally known as a hotbed of harmony and, uh, and uh, national unity. Um, who knows? Um, it's you know, it's gotta be good, as I always say. Um, I just I'm just really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward personally to being in Glasgow um and seeing you know, elite road racing up close again. Um it's something you miss. Um it's gonna be a spectacle. Um and yeah, let's let's let the road to decide. So this has been the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast powered by Um, You can, you're listening to us on our public feeds um, if you haven't signed up already for our premium content you can do so at cyclinglegendspodcast.com where you can hear amongst other things including the feed zone or fortnightly chat across the Atlantic um, with the, the the legendary Ask Eddie so, uh, uh, fixing all your cycling queries um, and more besides. We've got interviews, we've got features, we've got fitness um, and yeah, all for the price of a um a a starbucks other other high street coffee retailers are available um, yeah for 350 a month uh, you can sign up at cyclinglegendspodcast.com. in the meantime i am i'm gary and um, thank you for joining me on this uh, world championship supplement um if you've enjoyed the enjoyed the, the listening drop me a line you'll find me on twitter at the gary Fairley, or you can drop us a line at cyclinglegends 1. Um, and catch up on all the all the stuff that's happening on our f- feed. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy the final weekend of the World Championships. Thank you for joining me, and I'll speak to you again next week on the Saturday Supplement from the Cycling Legends podcast, powered by you